This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Why am I letting a rotten society set the agenda for what I want to talk about? Why, why am I letting a poisonous discourse pollute? And I had to unfollow. I unfollowed um, this woman, Molly Hemingway. She's like a right-wing writer for like the I, I know. I, 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 yes. That, yeah. I, I she's like, a good follow on Twitter. She's a good follow on Twitter. Yeah, I like her. And, and she's very, obviously, has a point of view. But I felt like the reporting she's done is always checked out. Like it's never been like fraudulent or anything. But I just had to unfollow her. Not because I thought what she was doing was wrong or she's bad at what she does. Just because... I was just tired of sort of the outrage porn. I mean, it was getting me outraged. It's like, look what they're doing. And they're, I don't want to hear about it. I don't care. It's their problem now. And James Woods, James Woods is the best. I mean, some of those troll destructions are incredible. I mean, he'll just, the stuff he says to trolls, it's, it's sort of, if you didn't have any partners, you didn't, you didn't have to, uh, you weren't, your partners didn't have partnerships with large corporations. Is the kind of thing you would say to someone who just, you know, Twitter's free. You're just putting out your own opinion. And somebody's like come trying to like insult you out of nowhere. They don't have to follow you. If they don't want to follow you, they just don't have to follow you. But not only do they want to follow you, they want to insult you, right? So like what's, what's the appropriate response to that? It's to say some shit about their mom that's inappropriate and, and just dunk on them and block them. Well, that's what he does, right? It's totally, it's totally wrong. But I love that. But I can't follow him either because it's too much. Oh. It's too much. It's just too much of the same. Here's some horrible thing that happened. I, I want to jump in. I, I think I think James Woods, before I said almost in a joking tone, you should check him out. Um, but I, I've come to the conclusion that if you guys had your draft of, of Twitter follows on XM, that I would have made him one of my top five. And and I'm saying that seriously because, one, he, he's funny. He's genuinely funny. He's, he is funny. Him and Draft Cheat. Him and Draft Cheat are the guys that make me laugh out loud the most and Twitter follows. But also I think the older I get – I mean the older I get in life, the more I realize it's also very important to uh, to see the point of view of people who's not necessarily my own. Um, right. And, yeah, you don't and, agree with James pop- Woods presents that too. So I, I really actually honestly do think he's one of the – he's one of my favorite Twitter followers, not saying that jokingly. No, the guy has a good person. The guy has a good personality. I mean, he does. It's funny, but I, I stopped following him because I was like, you know what? A lot of what he's doing though is showing some horrible thing going on in the Chaz region, Chaz, and then dunking on it. And I'm sort of like, it's not that I don't agree with you. It's that I just don't want to know about that. I don't care. I understand that that's going on. I understand that there's other, you know, there's other stuff going on 
I don't want to pay attention to that. It's not like I'm for, against, whatever. Yeah, I'm against anarchy in my city. I'd be pissed if I was living around there and some lawless people took over the city for any reason at all. And, you know, you weren't able to live your life. I would be pissed about that. But I just, you know what? Unfortunately, I feel bad for the locals there. But it's not my, it's not my city. I hope they take care of it, figure out the best way to have a more equitable society and yet not have that going on. But it's not my problem, that thing. And I, I just don't want to see it in my Twitter feed, even if it's like dunking on it or mocking it or whatever. I just, I'm over it. I don't care. You know, work it out, work it out, figure it out. You know, whether I hear you, but do you get, do you get like whatever FOMO or whatever? If you, if you unplug for a couple of days on, you know, I mean, so, do, you, well, do you not have that? Well, no, I, so I've tried to like unfollow, mute, change it, but I'm going to start to unplug. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I want to be up on sports, you know, I follow the rotowire feed for all the football and baseball and I want to know it's my job, you know, I mean, I could unplug from that too, but it is my job to know who's healthy and who's hurt and what's going on. But, uh, and I, I could just read the site, I guess, instead of the Twitter, but it's sort of like, it's like everything's there, right? The, the feed is there, the latest notes, and then the, uh, everything else I need to know about coronavirus or whatever. But more and more, I'm just like, you know what? This, it's sort of like if there's like a poker game that goes bad and someone's cheating and someone is, you know, never bets or never does whatever. If they win a big pot, they leave the table. You just quit the game. You know, there's a certain point where you complain about the game, you complain about the game, but it's like, all right, dude, enough complaining. Just, just stop playing in that game. And I feel like Twitter and the whole thing, I'm, I'm sort of like, I'll use it for business purposes. I do have some great follows that I get good information from, but uh, you got to feel good about Bitcoin too every now and then. Come on, just for some, you know, you, you got to follow the right people to feel good about that too. There are good Bitcoiners, but th- even that, it's like the guys I follow, they're all on the same, they all kind of believe the same thing about it. With oh, that is true. Actually, I didn't even mean to make that point, but that is a separate point that is very interesting that that community does, does hold a similar view and a similar style. That is, that is very true too. Continue though. Sorry. I, I like those guys. I think they're smart. I believe their arguments. I agree with them. And most of the guys who throw the FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt, FUD edit, those, most of their arguments have been debunked over and over. These, you know, one guy tweeted out, I haven't seen any new FUD since 2014, like original FUD. And it's always like another version of, oh, but the state will shut it down. Oh, but quantum computing. Or, there's always like something, but it's, that stuff's been around forever, those objections. And they've mostly been dealt with. It's not that. For me, it's just more... You know, there's just unknown unknowns. There's things that we can't possibly imagine, or it may just take a lot longer for things to shake out than we would ideally hope for. Now, the macro situation in the world seems to be playing out perfectly for uh, Bitcoin to to do well, but we just don't know. We just don't know shit. We don't really know. If Bitcoin all of a sudden goes down to two thousand, we'd be like, shit, what the hell? But it's not like we'd be like, it's not like you couldn't imagine that happening. It could happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. Like, we don't really know. It's all just a bunch of theories and philosophies and beliefs. In some ways, it's just anything can happen. It's just a belief system. Even if it's logical, it's a belief system. Any, even the, the things you believe with all of your logic and with all of your foundational principles that seem to make sense in the context of everything you know could just be wrong. And you could be like, oh, yeah, that. Think about when there's like some upset in a football game or something, and you're like, oh, Wow, I didn't see that coming. I really didn't think that could happen. 
And then it does. And then the next day your beliefs are totally changed. You're like, oh, okay. I guess my belief about this player isn't exactly what, what I thought. And, and then you just move on. That's it. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing that every, every other day here for the past three months um, <laughs> for something. But uh, maybe that uh, speaks to, uh, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Liz, what, what do you think? So you're taking a step back? From this, uh, from, I, from from just just going over the day to day of this, I mean, how are you gonna you're gonna miss the next Karen uh, video for one? <laughs> oh wait, oh, oh we got we, we got stuff to say about Karen, but we gotta wait till the end. Wait, wait, you and I have to talk about this Karen. We, you and I had a long uh, discussion of this backstage about the Karen, and we're gonna have a whole new discussion. But let's leave this to the end because it's sort of like the uh, the payoff. So we'll leave it at okay. the end. We'll leave the Karen discussion to the end. Okay. All right. You're going to miss that. Okay. And, and then also what you're missing on the internet now is that they're trying to cancel Jimmy Kimmel, Bill Simmons. Uh, man, it's just, uh, it's a, there's a lot to talk about. And at the same time, like I said, we can't, so I don't know where I, I hear you taking a step away from it all and being, being it, frustrated because it, there's definitely, uh, an, an, an easy Avenue to getting idiots. Up there's so much idiocy out there. And the thing is this is that I have not gotten any blowback for anything. There was the Karen, which is, you know, nothing, and luckily we have like listeners who were like 10 five-star ratings right after that. So nothing happened to me. And even the Karen, to her credit, changed the libelous tweet uh, response to a I hate this podcast response, which is not libelous. So and then, you know, people got on my case for that uh, homeschooling thing, uh, school storage, never said anything about teachers. But that was nothing really. Nobody really, they were like, I fucking hate when people say this, but it wasn't like no one was canceling me. Nobody was trying to get me fired for that. So I haven't even personally experienced any of it. Like just the tiniest tip of the iceberg, nothing, basically nothing. And yet it's not because like, I'm afraid that that might happen, even though it could happen. It's just because it's like, I don't even like, you know, my first instinct is like, well, stand up for the other side of that for free speech. And like, no, I mean, the simple basic belief system is don't judge people by their race. That's how, when I was a kid, they were like, don't judge people by their race. That's wrong. And as you get some wisdom, as you get older, you're like, yeah, it's not only wrong. It's just stupid. It's just yeah, inaccurate. It's inaccurate. Yeah, it's inaccurate. And you interact. It's not even judge because judging doesn't do you any good anyway. But it's like, who do you want to spend your time with? Who do you want to do business with? Who do you want to work with? High quality people, irrespective of of anything to do with race or religion or any of that thing, gender, none of that stuff matters. It's just quality. The quality of the person is what matters. And and that's it. That's axiomatic. And I don't really want to argue it. I don't want to argue that. I don't want to get into that argument. I just want to say, don't judge people by their race. That's it. For sure. I feel like you would learn far more from people who aren't like you anyway. I mean, I would seek out people that aren't necessarily exactly like me. Um, yes, Liz, I'm totally with you. Um, what more needs to be said? Um, uh, I lost I lost 200 grand yesterday. Oh, from uh, your uh, NFPC uh, crap yeah, squad? Yeah, they canceled my teams on that, man. It was very frustrating. No, they did the right thing on that, though. But, yeah, they refunded – everyone's money um i i loved the teams i had drafted i was so fired up some of the draft capital uh, i had but um but yeah so uh yeah there's baseball to even talk about now if uh, if you wanted to go to go that route i, 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 I can't like get to baseball very excited to talk baseball and xm show what i caught what i caught it sounded like you were very enthused yeah i you know i invested so much in the baseball season and i just feel like i don't really feel yeah. I just feel like fuck that, fuck baseball but the thing is it's not their fault that they missed three months they're no matter what they did 
so it's really just a month is all they could, that's the only difference, right? Like it's January, it's July 24th instead of July 1st. That's the only difference of all the bickering really. And what do we care who gets what money, right? I mean, it, and that month costs everything, right? Another month, they would have probably like, you know, continued all those, like, it wouldn't have refunded the money. NFBC refunding money and stuff. He's in a what I'm saying is they would have been fine with 100, the 100 games they would have treated, whatever. This extra month, like, it wasn't just a coronavirus. This extra month of bickering co- changed, you know, it, it changed the course. Yeah, oh, Greg is really pissed off at the uh, the labor problems. But given that, you know, he obviously can't control that, uh, he just had a tough call because a lot. some people wanted to keep their teams. They felt they had crushed it. And oh, I definitely did. And Well, you shouldn't have, but I guess you did. But... Other people wanted to, you know, get all their money back, and so they gave most of the money back on all the teams that had a lot of fab, and they kept the ones in that were like the draft champions or the the cut lines where there's basically no fab. I think they just drew the line there. But I mean, people are bitching at him from both sides, and no, is that they're bitching both sides? Okay, fine. And he had to give back like a couple million dollars worth of entry fees. Yeah, he took the loss. Yeah, it's crazy. To, I mean, like I said, I legitimately was really upset yesterday like when I was six teams deleted and I loved some teams and I spent a lot of time drafting. But there's no way – like I respect – I'm not a disrespected decision. It was the right decision, of course. Even though I was very upset, it was the right decision. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they took the loss. I mean, it was uh, – Right. And, and people are like, oh, well, come on. Most of that's prize money. It's like, yeah, but they're paying their entire staff all this time. Oh, they're like credit card fees too, and not just man hours, uh-huh. but there's a bunch of credit card fees too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are, you know, they took a they took a beating on that, and yeah, not only not making money, but actually losing money. And yeah. so, you know, I feel for him, but Greg is a good guy, and he's also a smart businessman, and he knows, and this is his way: is that you treat your customers well and do the right thing, and you're going to have a long term sustainable business. Uh, if you try to like screw them in the short term. That's that's it. You don't get. You don't have a business. So he knows what he's doing, and he's smart, and uh, he's not going to screw over his customers. So he, he did the best. He made the best call he could, and uh, I respect it. And I I think pe- most people feel pretty. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of goodwill toward the NFBC. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm going to be excited to draft more teams. So you probably what you'll just you know, if you get a free roll, you'll do it. It's basically my my prediction. I mean, I'll do it because it's my job. But honestly, like I'm just not really excited to analyze it again. Not only because uh, you know I'm annoyed with the the players and the owners, but also because also because it's all for naught because it's probably not even going to really happen. Well, it may or may not happen, but it's not that. It's like I just don't want to be like, well, how much do we discount Mike Trout because his wife's giving birth and he may have to be quarantined or some random people get coronavirus. I mean, imagine you know you're in first place and you got this great team in the national contest and then one of your guys gets the coronavirus and he's out like you know 20 days and that's it. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, I guess he can hit by a pitch, and it's the same thing, but it just sucks, you know? I mean, we were, remember we were talking about, like, the Astros, and are we going to draft Astros yeah. with the cheating Now scandal? they get to face the Dodgers, which they never were going to unless the World Series. Now they're literally going to face them regularly with this new divisional lineup. Yeah, but I think that's on the back burner, all that stuff. But, like, I'm just saying, we're worried about Astros. We're worried about the juiced ball. Yeah. Are they going to have a juiced ball again? How do we project these Some guys? Some teams may have fans while others won't i mean so you know the dh the runner on second in extra innings yeah how much are these pitchers gonna and one thing you know we had a, like a production meeting to try to come up with like what should the public leagues be in yahoo and there are things like you want to add an il spot um then i i was thinking you know in september no one even those teams don't even really put any players on the il once the rosters expand and if that's going to be rosters expanded it's going to be frustrating for fantasy owners with i guess you know the nfbc doesn't even deal with dl but in your home league you know dls might be extra important and, and extra frustrating 
Totally. It's, it's going to be a shit show. I mean, look, people are going to have fun. They're like, they want to see, you could have oh, gone yeah. to, you could have gone two ways in the uh, lockdown and the subsequent, you know, it's not lockdown anymore, but it's like, no one's a hundred percent back to what they usually do. I'd be in LA getting ready to leave for LA now and traveling and all this stuff. Oh yeah. I'd be seeing you soon. That's this sucks. Right. We'd yeah. be hanging out in Vegas doing that trip yeah. and I'd be going to Colorado probably and doing some other stuff. So, but like there's two ways you can go in the lockdown and one way is that some people just, they're just bored out of their minds and they just miss the way it used to be. And they can't wait for sports to be on TV, to have some DFS, to bet on some stuff, to play their fantasy leagues, um, to do their fab, to have their routine. And they're just like, thank God, you know what? It's 60 games. It's not perfect, but thank God we're back. I got something that I love still back. And then other people started to just think about your priorities more. And the thought of going back to the routine to like mid season, like start to get back into COVID baseball under weird circumstances. I'm almost like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the best I can. If I'm going to draft a team, I'm going to try to win. I, I don't know. I, I feel a little bit like this sort of like ha- haphazard prep that we're going to have to all do and stuff. Maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I'll be like, Oh yeah, this is it. I love, you know, and fantasy baseball is my favorite fantasy sport, even more than fantasy football. But I just, I'm not feeling it, man. I'll do it because it's my job, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling this second wave of prep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I would say I'm somewhat in between. While I definitely not for a minute consider myself bored during this time, I, I feel like it was just probably the most productive last three and a half months of my life. I've completely changed my diet, my exercise, um, even with sports. Like I took a deep dive in next gen stats. Like I have never been more prepared for an NFL season. Uh, similar with baseball, a little bit. But um, I went into like Stanley Kubrick collection and looking at film. Um, I've definitely changed whom I follow and how I follow politics. Like I just have totally, totally loved the, the, w- the way I've spent the last few months. But having said that, I, I think I've almost reached my end point there and I'm ready for the normalcy to return. And boy, sports is at the forefront of my life. And um, it's frustrating as the game's getting canceled, or the league's getting canceled. I'm so ready to study and so ready to draft for, for fantasy baseball. My main trepidation is, is it all for naught again? And is this really going to work? Because frankly, no one wants to say this, but it seems to me that either the players are going to play through it while being sick or, or this is not going to happen. It's one of those two things are going to happen. Right. I, I think they have to have a plan. I've talked about this before, where if somebody or a few guys on a team or a couple of teams get it, that they know how to play through that, that they know how to quarantine, you know, selectively, not worry about it too much. Somebody gets someone else sick. These guys are all beasts, 20, 30 year old men in their prime. They're the lowest risk group there is besides kids and just say, okay, we're just going to like do our best to not let them infect anyone else. And just, you know, they infect each other. Then, you know, we'll control it the best we can. And if we, we fail, we're not going to shut the season down, but I don't think politically they're going to be able to get away with that because it's not totally known that those guys are at no risk and it's not totally known that there's not some lingering effects uh, years later from it or whatever. So if there's a bunch of cases that crop up and plus if some of the players get it, it's not going to be confined because there's trainers and there's coaches and there's older managers. So there's going to be some at risk people there, umpires, whatever. And can they keep going? I don't know. They have to have a really good plan on how to deal with it if, if this happens. Because if it's just like, oh, wow, 10% of the league and, and the personnel involved are you know got it and they don't have a plan, that's just going to shut it down. 
And the fact the NBA is returning to uh, Florida, where the epicenter of it is right now, is uh, is also quite crazy. So um, I'm all for the NBA game starting at 9 a.m. And, and, and running throughout the day staggered. And, and, and that would just be quite crazy. And, and uh, But the realistic issues, there are so many issues. You see the latest uh, things that antibodies supposedly are fading after two months, the latest study. But... Um, suppose that does not mean that immunity goes away, but it does mean if, you know, you want to get tested and see if you, if you had it or not, that that's even going to be less reliable. But yeah, and then there are other issues that no one wants to talk about with the athletes, like, you know, with Z, you know, I mean, it's, it's, no one wants to talk about that, but I mean, that's, it's, that's another issue too, together. Do you want to talk about that? What do you mean? Whether Zeke is not worth drafting cause he's, uh, cause he's COVID positive. He's going to have bad lungs or something. Yeah, I mean, we could look at it both ways. You see a chest X-ray. I mean, there's scary stuff out there that show before and after with people in their 20s who are healthy and their chest X-rays, you know, their chest has done damage with asymptomatic people, or at least that's what the internet would lead you to believe. Right. And, um, or conversely, Zeke could be uh, immune to it. So you'd like him even, and, and it's right. fine. And he said he was fine and he feels good. So I, I don't know. But well, I mean, obviously there's just so many unknown questions, but, and so ridiculously uncouth to ask with so much, you know, crazy seriousness going on. I get it, but we ask about concussions, right? I mean, concussions yeah. are brain damage. Guys committed suicide after their careers because they had a bunch of concussions, and we routinely were like, sure. is he too concussed to play? I mean, come on, man. I'm not going to drop this concussed guy. You know, he's a concussion risk. Yeah. He's a yeah. bum. All he does is get concussed. Yeah, you're targeting Brandon Cooks despite this, I hear. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get Brandon Cooks, but he's a concussion bum. You know, it's like, no, that's just that's probably worse. I mean, if you're 25, would you rather have five concussions or would you rather have the coronavirus? I'd take the coronavirus. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. What do you make of the long-term effects? What have you read or have you avoided that? Uh, I, you, saw one, I saw one thing. People had this horrible lung disease that people had gotten better, but they were sick. And then they die in a couple of years from the lung disease anyway. But I think it's only the people who had been vulnerable and sick already. So I think it's like another way to die soon, even if you manage to barely get by. But who knows, right? I mean, this stuff, nobody knows that they're completely safe from it. Uh, but yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, I, I, I sent you a clip. I highly recommend Brett Weinstein on a Rogan pod. Um, I saw, I saw he, that. I saw that. Uh, he he talks all about how the Wuhan. I mean, he thinks that Wuhan. It was probably went. Sorry, Wuhan uh, in the lab and whatever. Believe it or not, whatever. He brings up very interesting um, opinion and facts on that side and the fact that if it is man manipulated, that just that that's scarier. And the fact that um, I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting that the fact that bats live outdoors. So it's it's odd that we can't transmit it outdoors. And he offers just a warning of, you know, if, if it can learn to transmit outdoors, that would be an additional problem. So um, right. I I'd recommend that. Uh, right. but, or it might die. Was, it might just die if we wear masks indoors and only yes, hang exactly. out outdoors. Yeah, no, exactly. And then Fauci's answer, he was like appalled at the question about why did you tell people to not wear masks before? He's like, well, obviously, because we needed it for the PPEs. You know, it's just, I don't know, a little frustrating there. But um, yes, everyone... Just, man, I don't know, wear a mask and hopefully we'll get this under control. But do you have any thoughts of uh, the last, if you're probably tired of talking about this, but if the infection rate seems to be rising in America, but the death rate's lowering, do you have an opinion on that? Well, yeah, it seems like, obviously, we opened up. There were tons of protests. Most of the protesters were young people. Most of the people who were more... And the uh, testing is Most of the people that were, that were going out. So first of all, the protests were gigantic. And so how many young people were getting it? Probably a ton. And then secondly, uh, I know you're not supposed to say that because it's, it's like politically incorrect to say 
people protesting, you know, the protest is so important that it can't possibly spread coronavirus. So that doesn't work like that. Virus doesn't care about your politics. So they opened up. That obviously had a lot to do with it. And then people were protesting in mass. That had a lot to do with it. I mean, that just seems to be common sense. Whether or not you think it's worth it, that's a separate, that's not even relevant to this particular discussion. That's, you know, it's a separate discussion, but it almost certainly spread it. But but it might be that because younger people were going out more aggressively, not only protesting, but also hanging out more aggressively than probably more cautious older people who knew they were at greater risk, you have this spread. And also a lot of the most vulnerable people died. I mean, in the first wave, the, the 100,000 most vulnerable, 120,000 most vulnerable died. So and, and the most vulnerable are being extra cautious now because they know to be. Right. So, so that, right. And so you have younger people who are, who are largely the protesters and who are hanging out more, likely. And so they're probably getting it again. And then, but they're not, it's not fatal to them. So the death rate goes down, the infection rate goes up and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it does make perfect sense. Um, uh, did you have anything on your mind list? The only thing I, I, I had, uh, before I would have talked some, some sports with you, your draft that you did uh, real quick is, uh, I think it was even, you've referenced the, the website, but the WTF happened in 1971. Twitter did uh, the top 10 commodities receiving subsidies in 2016, whatever, I believe that's what the most recent ever, was corn and then sugar and then soybeans. So I just thought that was just uh, a little bit frustrating. And I, I saw some other doctor talking about how chicken and, and pigs are, are so, so corn-fed now that you're getting a ton of omega-6 from that. So basically just eat red meat that's grass-fed and, and fish, and that's basically all you can eat in the world. And it's, 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 it's incredibly frustrating. But that, that's all. I, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, some of the Bitcoiners that are super into meat, one of the, they were talking about uh, the guys who did the most human harm. And Ansel Keys, according to some of these guys, Ansel Keys was the guy who basically promoted sugar as healthy and said there's nothing wrong with sugar and demonized uh, cholesterol and fat. And I don't know how many people have died of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, but it's, you know, in this, in the last 40 years, 50 years, but you know, if you just start, talk about the numbers of people that died, obviously it's as horrible as Ansel Keys was for, to do that, you know, at the behest of industry, it's not as horrible as uh, actual genocidal maniacs, but in terms of just the amount of people that were affected and killed, He's, they were saying that that was more, and also Nixon, uh, who removed the U.S. from the gold standard and started the whole uh, fiat currency printing. And if you look at like the wages of like CEOs and workers, where it was from after World War II when the Bretton Woods Agreement was signed through 1971, it was like CEOs made like 20 or 50 times as much or whatever as the average worker, and the inequality, like the productivity was paid equal to wages, and then all of a sudden the curve totally goes crazy in 1971 until now, where the workers are way more productive because of technology, and they're getting paid way, way less. CEO pay and worker pay are hugely disparate. And so in 1971, you basically had Nixon going off the gold standard and Ansel Keys promoting the a high sugar corn syrup diet and all hell broke loose in civilization all the diseases and inequality and despair and suicides and the destruction of the entire middle class i like how they're like if that's not you know bad enough to tell you to eat all this the bad stuff we'll also tell you the good stuff is bad for you saturated fats right i mean at least that's what the science i'm believing in i hope so because i'm eating a lot of it a lot of them I think I think the science is in on this. That, That's what I think. Yes, and, and I, and I think, and you know, when, when I was joking before, I wasn't joking, but I was saying like, who knows about Bitcoin? It's like, 
you reason from first principles, right? You reason, you don't just say, well, who do I believe? This scientist or that scientist? Do I read, believe Harvard or Yale, the New York Times or P.D. Mangan? Who do I believe? You know, who's more authoritative? Well, you can go by that kind of, you know, sort of religious authority, or you can go by first principles, like what did humans eat for a million, <laughs> you know, the million years in which they evolved from monkeys? Like, what did we largely eat? What was available to us? And a lot of it was meat. You know, we didn't, we didn't process grains until 10,000 years ago, very recently in our evolution. We didn't have processed foods and, you know, seed oils and uh, high fructose corn syrup and the fruit, the Franken fruits that we've bred to be. I was going to say, even like the fruits, right, are totally Franken. Exactly. Yeah. They're way more sugary. And, you know, so by first principles, it's like, well, what would be healthy for your body? Some new stuff that some scientists marketed to you to make money or the stuff that your body quite literally uh, was created out of over millennia upon millennia. It's just, you know, it's sort of a first principles thing. If you believe in evolution, that is. And that's why I like Bitcoin, because it's the first principles thing about money. And what is money? And why do we trust one over the other? And which one is a better store of value? And which one can, is more reliable? And, you know, which one is more transferable, gold or Bitcoin? And which one would be easier to to have some of in your house and to verify the authenticity of? So you got to go back to first principles and say, what makes a money? Why is this good money? What makes healthy diet? Why is this healthy diet? Rather than be like, well, this person thinks this, and then this other smart person thinks that. And I just don't know because smart people differ on this. While I can appreciate that analogy of Bitcoin, I don't love it because right now we currently live in a world in which the first ingredient of salad dressing is soybean oil. So that, that cash is here to stay then, if you, if you want to make that analogy. Uh, you know, well, I mean, do, it's, would you bet in, in 20 years, would you bet on soybean oil beating out olive oil? As this, yeah, thing. I hope not. I mean, I hope. Okay, all right, thank, okay, I mean, what, all right. And and think about the the duration for which soybean oil has been a staple okay. of okay. human. Okay, okay. And think, and think okay. about. I mean, this is more of a gold argument, but gold has been the money for you know. Bitcoin didn't exist. We didn't have the technology. Well, I was going to ask you that. I'm kind of a little interested in that. What are your thoughts? I think gold is good because no. it's it's a it's it was the best money that humanity had until. 10 years ago. It was the money that was very hard to acquire more of. It's hard to, you know, expensive to mine. We don't know where all the, you know, where it is. It's, it's, if they could mine more of it, they would. It was durable. The same gold that was there in 2000 years ago is still, you know, it's still in circulation today. Cut it into small pieces, not as nearly as small as Bitcoin. It's not, you know, you can, it was, you can transport it in coin form. Although again, it's a lot heavier uh, than, than dollars and, you didn't want to be, you know, as, as inflation happened, you didn't want to have like a bunch of gold pieces on you and get robbed. It's like carrying like, you know, 50 grand in, on, on you. You don't want that. So, you know, they use paper money and then that got abused. But Bitcoin is sort of the best of both worlds, right? It's, it's digital, it's, but it's, it's even more scarce than gold. It's about equally scarce now, but as the, habit, the next happening happens, it'll be more scarce. So, yeah, gold is... How, how, how would you get it? How? I know it's a very dumb question, but it's okay. I'm going to ask it. How? how? What, what is the best? Physical gold? I mean, or... or no. I, would, I mean, if I were going to get gold, I would get physical gold. But you you'd have to go to a place, right? I mean, there's places to get gold. You can look it up in your city. And then you'd have to go and you'd have to make an appointment. I guess you'd have to bring some cash or a check or something. And then you, you know what? You'd leave with a briefcase or a bag. And it's like... 
if I'm a criminal, I'm hanging outside the gold shop and seeing some nutless monkey like you walk out, skinny ass nutless monkey, and I'll let, I just follow you to your the house. Biggest target ever. Yeah, I would just follow you to your house, and I'd just be like, all right, that's where the gold is. I got it. Or I'd just jump you on the way, but you'd probably be more paranoid on the way and have some escort or something. But I would know. I don't know how to acquire gold in a way. What do you mean? It's shipped to your house? The delivery dude knows that you have... I mean, you know, there's... To me, it's not great. I mean, the best way to do it would be like to have a proxy get it for you who you trust and that dude like puts it in some you know place so that's no, like, safe and then you move it something like the, you know it's kept so that'd be like oh. having uh, that'd be like keeping my in coinbase or something oh yeah okay so you could you could obviously right have like shares in gold etfs you know you could buy like a gold you could buy the commodity at, you know as a as an etf uh or you know you could buy gold futures the commodity but now, like, so, okay, so, all right, I bought the gold. Economy, society goes to hell in a handbasket. All right, uh, I'll take delivery of that gold. Oh, wait, what's up? Uh, my website that I bought the gold on isn't really, uh, it's not up and running right now. Maybe right, I'll call so customer I, service. Right. <laughs> what are you going right. to, I mean, so the whole point in gold is, like, the shit really goes down. But the shit really goes down and someone else is holding your gold. What, what incentive, if it's lawless, there's no police, so you can't sue him anymore. What incentive does he have to give it to you? Right. Okay. Well, I feel like that analogy was pretty good then with the Coinbase holding your Bitcoin. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. That is good. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to leave the, uh, the house as little as possible. Can I have this delivered to me? Or is that, is that, is that not smart? You could try. There might be a service, but somebody delivering it's going to know where you live and know that there's gold there. <laughs> what you do is have it delivered to your friend's house. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh, and then like two days later, like hang out with your friend and just, you know, no one even knows that, you know, it's, but your friend is putting himself at risk. Yeah. Go to his house, put a gun to his head and be like, where's the goddamn gold? I know it's here. And you're like, dude, it's not my gold. So I, I don't, you know, that's the thing is, so, so I don't really get gold anymore. I get it like back in the day where it was the best thing, but I, I think, and I think like millennials and people who, uh, well, yeah, now I'm confused if you're, if you're, if you're for it or against it, so. I'm for it. I'm for it. If you could magically, like without anyone knowing, put some hidden somewhere in my house, I'm okay. totally, right. totally, totally for it. The idea of it, but the execution may be a little tougher, you're saying right now. Okay. Well, well that's why Bitcoin's like, a, you know, they say like you need a 10x improvement over an old technology to make a new technology succeed. It's 10x. I can send it across the world it with a lighter. click. It is lighter. It is lighter. Yeah. Uh, I can send it across the world with a click of a button and you don't have to authenticate it. It's not like you have to be like, what, you know, how do you know if the gold they have is counterfeit or not? Right. Right. I mean, it's a real, the whole thing is a real pain in the ass. You got to weigh it exactly. It's, you know, this is, it doesn't work as well. So anyway, I think first principles are the way you, 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 and, and still you might get something wrong. That's the thing, you know, we're, we're fallible human beings. A um, couple other things. Talked about James Woods. Have you been following Tommy G's threads at all? No, not lately. I, I, I'll be happy to go back if I've missed something, but no, not lately. So there, there's some kernel of truth to what he's doing. I, the, the level he takes it to I just can't. I just can't. As much of a conspiracy theorist as I am, and as much of a uh, open-minded person and a a skeptic of the bullshit narrative that we're constantly told, I can't. I can't get to his level. I just can't do it. But there's there's threads of truth that things do not add up in his threads. But regardless of whether you believe none of it or you believe all of it, I have to hand it to the guy. It is good content, and I say that. You know, people be like, that is the worst. That's, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I can't vouch for any of the truth of any of it, although he does point out some serious anomalies about things. But I'm there for the content. It is just entertaining content. 
I mean, it's, you know, if 10% of it is, of it is true, it will be mind blowing. You know, uh, I, I, for a couple of things, I think draft cheat tweeted that he's a podcast, Tommy G with uh, Aubrey Huff. I'm not sure if he was joking or not, but I'm sure that would be, Oh, no, he had one. Uh, he had one. Okay. He did have one with Aubrey Huff. Okay. I didn't listen um, to it, but I, I saw him, I saw him tweeting. Tom, about it. I hear you. I've been down the wormholes with, with Tom Hanks, one with him and a couple others. And, uh, to, to, yeah, inter- I will not argue that they are not entertaining. And it, I, I'm just going to, I, I, I will not vouch for the veracity, but I will vouch for the, the content. Is it the entertainment value of the content? Yeah, no, he's yeah, no, okay, done and done. And you know, you know, it's funny. I'm not, I don't want to out anybody, but you look at the uh, the people following him. All the fantasy guys follow him, and I'm thinking, how all these people not unfollowed this guy by now? Like, I don't care because I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm not like offended by it. I think it's like, first of all, I don't know what's what anymore. So who the fuck knows if if some of it's true or not? But. I think years ago we hung out with him and Jeff Mann. Oh, like a long oh I've hung out with that guy a couple of times. But, but the point is, it's not that. It's just, no, he's a personable guy in person. Like, people like him. But I'm saying, like, you think that people would be like, oh. Oh, I thought you were saying, yeah, you would be like, like you're following Jeff. Oh, I'm so offended. I'm so offended. But, like, people, I, I think people check it out. I think people actually like it. Yeah. Um, again, not v- uh, vouching for the veracity of it. That's uh, do your own research, but uh, just the entertainment. Yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. I will. So I, I'll, say, I'll say something else. Um, you know, Michael Krieger, we mentioned that guy a bunch. I like that guy. He just made a tweet. It was similar to what I was saying earlier. He's just going to start he said, tweeting about parenting and gardening. That's all he's going to tweet about now because it's the same thing. It's like you get drawn into stuff that that's not my interest in life. You know, my interest in life is having a happy life, having a good life, you know, talking to people about what makes, what's true in life, you know, not just happy, like, Oh, I got some wine and a a nice meal, but like pursuing truth, what's actually true. And don't get drawn into a a tangential thing. Totally. You know, I've said, I appreciate it. He always does uh, do some tweets of his garden, but um, I I hear you, man. I mean, I I can, I can appreciate that point of view. And if if we're, a lot of people are at their, their edge right now and it's, it's an uncertain time. And I just see people getting caught up, caught up in it too much. Negativity is is a very good advice. It's not even negativity. It's, it's bullshit that you have to get rid of. Negativity is also can be a problem if it's not constructive, if it's not like I'm pissed off about this, I'm going to change something. But in bullshit, disingenuous arguments, things that are posing as rational argument that, but they're actually religion. People who you're arguing with who they're trying to win, they're trying to score a point, they're trying to dunk on you. They're not interested in what's true. Don't get into arguments with disingenuous people. There's actually two people with two kinds of belief system. There's one kind where, and I don't want to be, it's not so black and white, but let's just say there's, there's people who mostly have beliefs because of the truth value of that belief. Is this thing I think likely to actually be true? And there are other people who adopt beliefs because those beliefs will help them get along in society. So does does that make sense, that distinction? Yeah, that's why they're so easily changed because the beliefs aren't their own. They don't, you know, that's that's kind of a gist. Not, Not only are they not their own, but the basis for which they select these borrowed beliefs are sort of you know, your belief is like a mask or a costume, a uniform. And so you're like putting on the correct uniform for the job that you're doing in society. You know, you're putting on the correct, and, and, and it's not just, uh, you know, wearing a suit to work or wearing a, a literal mask because it's coronavirus times. It's wearing a, a personality mask. It's wearing a belief system that, that's acceptable to the people that you're going to interact with mostly 
in your you know, daily routine. And so they wear this belief mask. And if you argue with someone like that about some sort of beliefs, the argument's going to be, well, don't you think this is true? Or why do you believe that? Because when you see this happening, how does that make sense? And they're like, no, 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 you can't think that. That's not right. You know, you're wrong. What you're doing is, is, is wrong. What, what you're doing is like, they need to enforce on themselves the correct attire that they're wearing. They have to have the correct uniform and you're not wearing the correct uniform. You've revealed that you don't even have the right protocol at all. And you're, they're like, oh, and you're trying to, you think you're arguing about like a, a, a truth. You, you think you're trying to get at something, like get at the heart of the truth or what should we think about this or what's realistic here? And they're not interested in that at all. And so they're going to come in at a totally different angle. They're, they're just trying to be like, oh, what? How did I even get in this discussion with you? Like, I, you know, I, I don't want to be, I hope other people, onlookers won't think that I'm like you. I got to, you know, distinguish myself very clearly and establish my, reestablish my mask, like refix my mask so that it doesn't fall off. And, and I, you know, and I, I think that that's like, you know, again, it's not like a hundred percent, zero percent, but there's degrees. And it's like never waste your time to argue with someone who's just try, who their beliefs aren't about let's get to what's going on. They're just sort of, let me just get by, you know, let me just, I just need to believe this to get by. Couldn't agree with you more. And it really is wild. Um, uh, I never realized this before, but just how much time and energy CNN spends on uh, dissecting every silly thing that Trump says. Like they really do. They just care more about, and I'm not even sure he's like even serious with half the stuff he's saying. It's crazy. The time and energy spent, we get it. We get it. He doesn't say things that most presidents did before, or maybe even they're, they're all false. Okay. Got it. Now actually talk about something that matters now. But but Um, that's not their mission. They're not trying to get what's happening. So like, if you're like, why aren't they talking about the important stuff? It's like, what do you mean? That's not their point. Their point is to help you find the, the right mask. CNN is the beliefs that you're supposed to have is normative. It's not, it's not about truth. It's about what other people are doing. You see this all the time with like coronavirus stuff. A lot of people we know out here, they were serious about it when everyone else was serious about it. And then as soon as other people started stop being serious about it, they stopped being serious about it. They had no like, well, I've read this and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm going to change my behavior because I realized that this wasn't true. They were just going with like the herd. They were just going with what other people were doing. They were just basing all of their decisions regarding the coronavirus on what their peer group was doing. Well, is it too late as a society? I don't know. I've seen some, some crazy UFO footage in Miami and I don't know. Is it all coming to an end? I mean, is, is it past the time? I mean, I, I agree with you, but I mean, does everyone have, have we already, um, been raised that way. I don't know to tell you. You know what I mean? Like, is there is there change now, or is this where we're headed? Well, you know, I saw some tweet by uh, I think it was P.D. Mangan, and he said, you know, uh, hard times make strong men, strong men make easy times, easy times make weak men, weak men make hard times. So you know, it's like a cycle, right? When things get comfortable, yes, people hard, people hard, right? people just want to get along. You know, when things get hard. That shit kind of falls by the wayside and people want to survive. And, and to survive, you got to know what's true. You got to know what the threats are. You got to know where your resources are. You got to know, you know, you got to become resilient. You got to find out what is actually true about your environment to survive. And so truth starts to triumph when 
uh, when things get harder. And then when things get harder and truth triumphs, then uh, an era of ease and prosperity follows because truth, prosperity is always based on truth. It's not based on this fake inflated bullshit, print money, uh, offshore manufacturing, uh, financialized markets. It's not based on that. Prosperity is never based on that. That disaster is based on that. But disaster is going to bring stronger people of stronger character. And so I do, I think it's a you know, cyclical thing. And I think that a lot of people are already, you know, feeling the pinch and trying not to wait to the last second where they're really in a true crisis to get healthy and, and, you know, get their shit together to the extent they can. I mean, I might get, you know, run over too. You know, we're just people, right? I mean, tsunami comes. If you're too close to the, the water, you're going to get run over. It doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you are, but hopefully you're a little bit further up the beach and you, you know, you could swim in it and jump on a rock and climb out, you know I mean? So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's hopeless. I just think that it's just a point in time where, it is frustrating, though. I mean, even the people at the top is giving you the wrong. I mean, it should have been message health, you know. Uh, it just should have been preached from the beginning health, and all the wrong stuff was from the beginning. Uh, well, it was preached so, from health. Well, not enough, I don't believe. <laughs> no, but but the ways to be healthy were lies. And this is back to the coronavirus. Like, oh, a lot of young people died or getting really sick, and it's a lot worse. Perfectly healthy 32-year-old or whatever. And I wonder, I'm not saying I know this because I don't, that Maybe that guy was eating seed oils and high fructose corn syrup all day and was pre-diabetic and he never had any sort of issues because he's 32. So there's no, he never had a crisis, right? He never, yeah. you know, if you have high blood sugar all the time, you're walking around with it, you're not going to notice it until something really goes wrong, you know, and, you know, maybe right. you're, you're totally. Yeah, you're, it's not like there's no symptom that's going to alert you because, histor- you know, in, in our evolution, like high blood sugar was never an issue. It was low blood sugar that was the problem. You'll pass out if you have low blood sugar, but high blood sugar um, isn't really a problem uh, f- right. for us evolutionarily. So I'm not saying that all the people that got really sick or younger or died, you know, were, were actually unhealthy. I'm just saying a lot of people don't know that they're unhealthy because they think I'm, you know, I eat a low fat diet with plenty of uh, vegetable oils and vegetable. I don't use fat butter. I use margarine, I use healthy canola oil, and that's fucking poison you're taking every day. But I feel like you know, the public should almost know that, if, is if, if that is the reason, you know? I mean... That would scare people. But they, to, but to, they won't. They won't. I, look, I think that you know, it's obvious that coronavirus preys on the most vulnerable society, where older people and sicker people, right? I mean, that, we know that about it. That's one fact we know. I'm not saying, yep. I'm, I don't know the extent to which younger and healthier people are, are I, I can't say they're not at risk, I don't know. But we know that the other people are at greater risk. And I wonder if the government were just like, look, this preys on old and sick people. Sickness is actually, we haven't told you this because we wanted to sell you Triscuits and Oreos and, and fruit juice and, and all the shit. But the truth is that if you want to, you know, eradicate this thing, not only wear masks and do that shit, fucking all of you stop eating the shit, all of that stuff. It's going to put big food into fucking, you know, into bankruptcy, but, and, and not like people wouldn't listen anyway, because that shit's so addictive anyway. But the point is, if they did that, the shit would be over. It would be done. I mean, it would be, it, the level of infection might still be there, but the outcomes would be drastically better. And they know this shit. They know this. People know this. But yeah. they don't want to say it because the, the, the message that there's the TV station that it's that that's that Fauci or whoever the hell's on. And we talked about him already. It's sponsored by Doritos. You, you know, like they can't fucking say that shit. The, the message is sponsored by the thing. Now, again, it's not the cause of it, but it's obviously the outcomes would be almost certainly better. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. We can't talk about uh, chloroquine uh, without getting in trouble. But oh man, have no, you fuck, seen this fuck stuff? About, I mean, have you, I've, I know. Have you seen the stuff that's come out? The, the how ridiculous! Not just the Lancet stuff, but they confuse the drug in one of these studies with a completely different drug. And all the other studies that are coming, most of the other studies coming out are given to people that were already about ready to die. Like they're giving it. Yes, you're right. It does not help the people that are already at that point. But I don't know because of Trump liked it or even the more cynical views. Is it because it's cheap? to produce whatever reason that that is just the craziest publicity versus what's really happening uh dichotomy of of anything in the world right now i would say that's one of them oh it's sick that like a drug that had potential to treat the virus was a cheap drug that had the potential to treat the virus was falsely debunked in many different ways and funded studies that were fake uh because trump promoted it and because it was cheap i mean that's sick and and it's sick that people like if you say this may work and they'll be like you fucking trump supporter you have no credibility i mean like nutless monkeys will say that to you just for suggesting it and then the studies are all false it's like what kind of environment is that why are you for or against the idea of a drug you're like for this drug because he he's for it or you're against it because he's against it are you have you lost your fucking mind? It's it's a medical treatment, man. Let it let it let the science take its course. That shit is just it's absurd. Um, no, it's weird. And the other and then the other side, people are refusing to wear masks because you're told to. And like, what if you're like, here, you take this medicine and you get the ten percent chance of less chance of getting COVID? Wouldn't everyone take that medicine? I mean, it's just so bizarre. Anyway, um, you want to talk your football draft? Yeah, oh, by the way, blood type A, real quick. I, I'm a type A. Oh, you're the most susceptible. Blues, most so susceptible. I'm, I am the most susceptible. Oh, you're that's, done. That's you're toast. Not good. I, I'm, I'm B. I I'm B positive. I hope I'm not uh, doxing myself with my blood type, but B positive. Right. Yeah, you want to be O, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with A, so that's great. So oh, that's, by the way, I want to say Miguel Sano. Did you hear about the Miguel Sano? He was accused of, like, kidnapping somebody. He's good. He's fine. No, he was getting extorted. By but he got yeah, extorted. He got extorted. But a real man... I'm disappointed in Miguel Sano. You know, real man does the does it. You know, real man's not just extorted. It's just <laughs> poor guy though. He got accused of that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, he uh, he was on a multiple of my uh, teams that were deleted today. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I would have been. Yeah, I was w- wondering how that was going to play out. But good to hear that, that that Miguel Sano did not was not in the wrongdoing. May have even been trying to play it, a bit hero there. So it's funny yeah, because uh, because Jeff and I talked about it the other day, and he's like, well, "Why isn't it on the site?" And then. He first he was a little embarrassed. He was on the radio. It's like, well, and then he's like, you know, we do like vet things more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it turned out that well. they were right, and yeah. that was probably Clay Link. But you know, Doria does it for football too. I'm not going to name names, but there's some sites that just post every rumor. And the thing is, like, if you post that rumor, a lot of people won't see the retraction. You know, so it's like it's like usually yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll draft the kidnapper. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll drop the kidnapper in the eleventh round. I don't think Major League Baseball is doing anything to him. It's like, wait, no, he wasn't a kidnapper, dude. He just, <laughs> but you know, so good for good for totally. us. Well, Lauren right. Pobley, man, you just did a draft. So you guys all got on Zoom. Explain it, man. So you, you got to talk a little bit of this. It's the FSGA. Yeah, we'll talk about draft. This. So, so this is the FSGA draft. It's the first one we do normally. It's in. Thank God I didn't have to fly all the way to Dallas. So that would have been such a pain in the ass and fly back. But we did it on Zoom and. It was cool. You know, it was uh, Hanson and Manns and Howard Bender hosted it. And, you know, a lot of the usual suspects were in there. Nando DeFino, Mike Clay, Glenn Colton, Steve Gardner, those guys, Ray Flowers, 
Ray Flowers looks like fucking Ram Dass. I was like, why is Ram Dass in our draft? And how did someone let him get Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Odell Beckham, and DJ Chark with his first four picks? I thought I'd auto-corrected or something. I didn't catch that. So I didn't know. No, no. Ram <laughs> Dass. You don't know who Ram Dass is? He's this Harvard no. professor who just took all this LSD and then dropped out and went to like India or somewhere and, and became like a, you know, meditated his whole life and became like a legit guru. There's a Netflix special on him. The dude's okay. legit. Ram Das is enlightened. It's a compliment to Ray because he has this big white beard. So I was like, Yeah, no, no, I love love Ray. I love Ray, and I love his look right yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. It's like, how, did, how, how, did, how did Ram Das get in our draft? But uh, anyway, so we, we lost every flight to Dallas. It's funny you mentioned that. I happen to be on the same exact flight as Ray Flowers. Um, anyway, with the uh, SFO. So uh, one thing I got to say here, listen, without getting too, uh, I don't really not in the mood to uh, to argue or debate. But uh, one thing is clear. It's going to be tough for us in the super contest this year because we are on different uh, wavelengths in the NFL. Oh, no, right dude, no way, no way. Once, once, the, once the games happen, every, you think your preseason opinions matter by week three? Okay. You're not going to give a shit at all. That's like ridiculous. Oh, that'll be another uh, another issue there. We might have to go up to my other friend because uh, the uh, I'm not going to be flying to Vegas like I did last year to, for the proxy. But um, that's that's another. I think there's issue one there. in Colorado now too, though. Oh, really? I think oh, so. There's a, super okay. contest there, so maybe get brad evans to do it or something but uh so i put this up because obviously we did the chris godwin bet and you not only do you take him in the essentially the first round yeah. let's just call it um you take him over who tyreek hill was available at wide receiver but Kenyon drake clyde edwards hilaire i mean th- th- you you've lost your mind my good fellow so i was picking 14th 14th team like and i was really hoping to get nick chubb that was the guy i was hoping would fall to me uh because i i do think he's gonna only catch like 25 30 passes if kareem hunt stays healthy but uh, oh, and, and that right there lets me know that I just never want to get in an argument with you ever again because you claim that you were right about Nick Chubb being crazy to be drafted in the first round last year. This with is the 14th pick. That's the 14th pick. But the 14th now pick. Nick Chubb is worth the top 15 pick when you know that Hunt is going to play 16 years and we have evidence that Baker Mayfield okay. is 10 times worse than we thought. It is just the most bizarre large logic I've okay. ever heard. So, and continue. So, I, you're, I mean, it's a terrible argument by you. Are you saying that the, that the year that Chubb had where he averaged more than five yards per carry and the fact that they drafted an offensive lineman with like the 10th pick or whatever and then signed a second really good tackle this offseason doesn't mean anything? Like you think Chubb is the same guy going into this year that he was going into last year? Last year he had a good rookie no, year. No, he's, he's absolutely in a worse situation this year. No, we, no. Question. No, 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 no. no. Games okay. To hunt. okay, forget, forget it. You're not, you're, not you're, not you're not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. You're repeating yourself. You're repeating yourself. You're not listening. What I'm saying is the information we have about Chubb as a player after a full year of dominating is much more than we had last year at this time. But you were saying he was a bad pick week like 14 last year when I, but that was my prediction. I think Nick Chubb is very good. I've looked at the t- college predicted tape. I, it, you pre- I look at all the stats. Okay. I, mean, okay. I, I don't okay. understand. Okay. Okay. I, I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Never mind. Okay. You were right. It was very wrong to draft Nick Chubb no, last no, year. No, no, no. Uh, if you want, okay. This year. Are you going to let me make the case or are you going to just keep saying the same thing over over again? What I'm saying is you speculating that Nick Chubb was really good behind a bad offensive line last year was speculation. It turned out that he was really good. Unfortunately, his upside was capped. So he wasn't, you know, pick four or whatever you had him at last year because he had the second half Hunt just crushed his PPR value and he did. And I was correct about that. But this year, now that we know that Chubb is probably a top three, if not top two, early down back, and they added two offensive linemen, and I'm getting a 14, 
that's fine. I still wouldn't take him at where you took him last year. It was still a bad pick. How could you take a guy in the top seven or eight picks? You were arguing that he was a bad first round pick list. Well, this is the 14th pick, right? This is, this is the second saying, round pick. You're, well, you're moving the, the bar there because you're saying top four. I'm just last saying, year. I, you're, you're, trying, you're saying because I took him 14th this year that he was a bad 12 team first round pick last year before we have this extra information about him in the intervening year. Agree to disagree on this till the very end. Nick Chubb is not the same guy this year as he is last year. The name Nick Chubb, yes, it's the same. Nick Chubb different than what the week fourteen Nick Chubb. You were making the argument though in week fourteen that before the season that he shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. Okay, okay, I understand what you're saying. You did not have the information that you now have over an entire season of football. Very, very upset at myself for for allowing this to happen. I'm extremely upset at myself. I promise I wouldn't allow this. So many things went wrong for Chubb last year. Like, like Kareem America, Hunt coming back. superstar a piece of shit. So, like, I mean, imagine that. Like, I mean, that's, that was a pretty big but difference. Like, Kareem Hunt coming back wasn't something you didn't see coming. That was my point. It was something that was definitely going to happen. That was the point of the argument. This time, we know that Hunt is priced in. He's, his coming back is priced in. So is Chubb's 300, 285 carry floor behind what should be a way better offensive line. That's priced in, too. Right? I mean, did you see him squat like 500 pounds on Twitter the other day? Or I don't know. I know I'm like, whatever it was, it was it was impressive. And uh, to be clear, I don't think it's a bad. I mean, I absolutely would take Drake or, or Hilaire in a point per PPR. But I'm I'm all good with with Chubb around around there. Well, take him over any for me. Receiver. For me, it was just sort of like floor first round floor. Like Drake has a higher ceiling, no doubt in PPR. I don't trust him. The the thing that really bugs me about Drake is. It's yes, like, the Miami coaches. I don't care because one of them's Adam Gase and the other's like four games. So I don't give a shit. About, I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Because Adam Gase is like, if anything, Adam Gase didn't like him. That's a plus to me. Because I mean, what Parker and, and Tannehill has done, it's almost like a point in that player's favor if Adam Gase didn't like you. Well, Gase is the smaller part, but Brian Flores seems like a good coach. Why did two different coaches just say, "And eh, this guy's How long not really was the Flores thing? That was like five games, eight games, it? half a season. Oh, eight games, whatever. I, I don't. I don't. Care. And Kalen Balage was, was, was really terrible. Good. All I know is that Drake's really good and Arizona's coaching staff likes him. So that's all I care about. Yeah, I I don't know. I I wonder whether this guy is going to be cut out for the work that he needs to be cut out for to get picked. I think he's going to get fewer catches than people expect because the the running quarterbacks actually hurt you throwing there. So that that, they take off. I like I like Chubb, to be clear, but I think Edwards Hilaire, I'm close to moving him as like a top five pick. I think he should be not going in round two as a fantasy draft. So I mean, that's just crazy. I consider the city's going to name their score this year. It's going to be silly. The amount of touchdown him going back to back with Fournette is just hilarious, Uh, but not as hilarious as Devin Singletary going in round two. He's not in my top 100. I am pretty high. I, I think Devin Singletary is almost certainly the starter there, and Moss is going to get some goal line, but I moved him down a little bit. He's my RB34. I think I'm, the road to our online championships. ADP is around 50. Uh, round two, it's, that's, that's aggressive. So I have him like RB21. But so, so here's my thinking on Godwin, because that's the player we're really supposed to be talking about. Chubb was just a floor pick. Like, yeah, the ceiling's limited by Hunt, but uh, pick 14, just give, me, just give me the floor. And then... And then it was like, all right, I want to take a running back. It's 14-team league. I don't know what running backs will be there. And I didn't know what I was going to get in round three when I, when I was thinking this. So I was like, all right, Drake, I just, as I said, I have a bad feeling about him. I could be wrong, but I just don't, I don't trust him to hold up. Eckler, I have a bad feeling about. Without Rivers there, I just don't I know. Too, too, too. too random. 
And then Edwards Hilaire was the other guy considered the running backs. He's one of those three of running backs. Of course, he should have done that. Luckily, well, there's no money involved for this. It's small. That's a, a little bit of money. I, I, well, so my thoughts on Edwards Hilaire is that Damian Williams is still there, and they won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams, who was amazing in the Super Bowl. Could have been the MVP. And so whenever he's been healthy, he's been perfectly good. That offense is still the best offense in the NFL when Damian Williams is in there. So they draft this running back in the first round. They're obviously the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So, of course, they're going to use him. But how much are they going to use him? They don't need to work him that hard. They want to keep this guy as fresh as possible. They don't need to give this guy 200 carries. They don't need to give him 80 catches. They give him 160 carries and 60 catches. They can just give him that. He'll be a, a nice really nice weapon in their offense. They give uh, Damian Williams 160 catches and 35 catches, 160 rushes and 35 catches, and that's fine. I mean, I just, it's it's not that the skill isn't there or that if they did give him the work, he, sh- he would definitely be top five. I just don't see it. I don't see them working this guy. It's, this is not a, this is not a situation where they're going to just load load this guy up. God, I hope everyone thinks that way. Damian Williams never had more than 50 carries before last year, 28 years old. Uh, this guy, I mean, Andy Reid himself said a better version of Westbrook. We've all heard it, whatever, right? Looks but, like but, a why, but why use him? Why use him more than, you know? I, I agree with the volume is a question mark, but in a PPR, I mean, he's going to get a lot of catches and that they're just going to be so valuable. They're going to name their score. The Chiefs offense, uh, do you, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, before suffering that injury, he threw 50 touchdowns as essentially a rookie. Uh, in September last year, it was silly. It was like 9.7 YPA, 12, uh, 10 or 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then he gets hurt a game after. Essentially, this is like a video. And then McCole Hardman, another year of development with Kelsey. No, you know, you know, I mean, arguing video game. I mean, he's going to. Yeah, it's but crazy. Arguing, the, I, I, arguing the Chiefs offense. I mean, that's that's obvious. I, I mean, Damian Williams is the competition. I mean, I'm a Damian Williams guy even. And I'm like, give me a break. It never had more than 50 carries in a season. And he's 28 years old. I mean, dude, why are you year, arguing all the shit that I was arguing last year? And I'm arguing the shit that you're arguing last year. I don't understand this. Things have changed. Like this is so mind blowing. I was all over Chris Godwin last year. I said, he is way underrated. He was my, uh, my lead for my receiver. And now suddenly with a change in quarterbacks, Jameis Winston couldn't have been more perfect last year. Thirty thirty is the most. Okay, okay. Ideal. Calm, wait, wait, wait. calm down. One one thing at a time. Stick with Damian Williams. Damian Williams is going to get work to the extent he stays healthy. He is going to be splitting the carries 50-50 with Edward Hilaire because there's no reason not to. They don't need Edward Hilaire to be a 250 carry 80 catch workhorse. They don't need him to be a 16 game Dalvin cook or Saquon Barkley. They just don't need that. They're not going to do it. They have a guy there. They're going to split it. If you think that Edwards Hilaire is going to get more than 200 carries, I'll bet you right now he doesn't. Oh, I don't think he's going to get more than two. I don't care. He's going to, he's going to score 12 touchdowns and 250 touches is what I think. He might. I mean, but there's a lot of different players or that might score touchdowns. More. I mean, maybe more, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you just underestimate how, how often this Chiefs can be living in the red zone. I mean, it's gonna I kinda worry you're right. I mean, he, they might they're, be they're one of the, a lot of fourth quarters. I mean, you're right. right. And that. and they and they also are one of the most pass heavy teams in the league. They don't run it that much. So, you know, unless you think he's gonna get eighty catches, well, he, he could throws to his back. So no, he, he, uh, Mahomes Mahomes will throw. Yeah, throw, but but throw. I mean he, you know, then you got he needs eighty catches or something like that. He needs to be what Eckler was last year to earn that money. And maybe he is. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying 
I don't yeah, want Grant to Barfield says the best route runner he's charted since McCaffrey. No, he had 55 catches in college. Nobody gets 50 catches in a college season. Nobody gets that. He's the, the, the skills are not in doubt. I gave him 67 receptions for 600 yards and two receiving touchdowns. That's a lot. That's his projection. I gave him 198 carries, so I gave him close to 200. 877 and six touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns. So, you know, he's, he's 5'7", 207. He's got, you know, he could be like one of those Maurice Jones, Drew, Ray Rice work. He, he could. He has the build to be I, a workhorse. Projections, or at least it would, I know it would personally hurt me as a drafter. I know that for a fact. So I, I just, I know that. You know, projections are entirely different beasts. But you can't just go ceiling in round two. I mean, you gotta, you gotta combine ceiling and floor. Round five and beyond, fine. Go all ceiling. Don't even worry about floor. I get it. 14 team league, round two, you're just gonna go ceiling? This guy has ended up splitting well, I mean, carries. You're taking floor, though, is the problem. You're I'm not taking floor. It's not floor. What are you talking about? It's not floor. His floor is. Uh, I gave no, I'm him. Saying Godwin. Oh, I'm saying Godwin. Well, I think Godwin has floor and ceiling, but I, you know, I, I just I think he's. Making, I was making a joke because you you did take a guy with the low floor, is what I'm saying. But yeah, you got to explain to me like what what's changed. I like how he's his ADP shot way up when his situations got way worse. It's just, it's just bizarre. How has so his situation gotten worse? Tom Brady's going to have two wide receivers in the, in the ADP in the top eight and a tight end in the top six as a 43 and a half year old that got minus 8.7 CPOE in the second half last year. Right. Okay. Wow. So, so we got to talk about your, your, this is this, this advanced stats stuff is not going to end well for you, man. So, so I, do you, do you, do you like Statcast? I like Statcast. Sure. So what is the difference between next gen stats? Uh, then explain. You're going to definitely have to explain to me the difference there. I, I don't even know what you mean. You're, you're putting out some acronyms. So you got to tell me what you're exactly you're, you think is going to happen. Okay, so I'm not talking about like DVOA subjective. I'm curious, like stat cast stats, like in baseball, like you know next gen stats in football that are actually measuring. They're all objective. Completion above percent uh, expected. Okay, okay, that okay. So that one, everyone's like, oh, uh, he's got. Look at this QED com, uh, completion above expected completion rate. See, that's what is. That's the truth. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You go, you go, and just that's the truth. That's the predictive metric. Completion percentage. How about what you're doing per completion? So you just are just like mocking an acronym that's like pretty like I mean that's like been done for a while here. It's fine. I hope people stop. Don't don't pay attention to it. That's what I want. I don't even want to talk more about that. I think it's it's a it's a significant advantage to be ahead of the crowd in stats, and apparently football is allowing that now. Baseball pretty much catching up, but if the fantasy community, I'd like to see somebody win the league. I'd like to see someone win leagues on it. I mean, you could say it's you know there's there's a tendency in society to mouth a bunch of acronyms and sound uh, you know throwing around some jargon in all different fields, not just fantasy football, and sound like you know what you're talking about because no one knows what the fuck you're talking about because you got a bunch of jargon and acronyms. You're like, oh, the CPOE and the CBOE, and if you knew because the, the, you know, the acronyms in finance are thrown around like this, doesn't mean you're not going to start trading stocks and lose a million dollars because you know a bunch of acronyms. I mean, you, you, have to, you have to test this stuff for years to be like, yo, this shit works. You know, and you can't just backfit it and be like, oh, I came up with the acronym that fit the data, backfit it for five years, so this is going to happen going forward. Well, you can find something that backfits the data, but it's not necessarily going to be predictive going forward. So I don't know, man. I mean, you can throw your faith in with that. I mean, the expected completion percentage versus the actual completion percentage, like, what does that mean? Does it matter who the receivers are? Like, so I should have had a completion, but uh, the guy dropped it. Does that count for that? 
that's I, I mean, I'm not really going to get in this argument with you. It's fine. If you if you don't no, want you, you, you don't want to have this discussion, you don't want to have this discussion of, of what goes into this metric does. If, if do you not know whether that's counted or not, let's say a guy is open and I'm throwing him the pass and it hits his hands and he drops it. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's very, very extremely detailed that I do not have the definition off the top of my head. I can actually probably have it right here. So, um, but so there, but that, there, but there that would hurt my actual completion percentage. Ones, so, so um, I mean, whoever uh, – while CPOE is a good start, CPA is much more encompassing measure of a quarterback – accuracy and it's just like basically ignoring um like whatever exit velocity and that's fine if that's what you want to do that, that that's okay I, I that's okay with with me that's fine apparently most of the people are that's fine that's well, whatever you, so, so you're so i think it's another tool in a toolbox that's super how much you wait how much you weighed it versus your other tools oh it's, it's just one of them and I, but how I much you wait how much weight do you give it I, is it like 10 10 percent of your rating 15 percent? how rigorous are you with these acronyms well, first of all, it's it's all it's all it's it's kind of weird to be like that. Kirk Cousins was really good in the stat last year. How does that affect Alvin Cook? You know, I mean, that's, that's also another thing that that's. I mean, so I couldn't even begin to try to say how I how much I I have no idea to quantify how. So you're just kind of throwing I, it in the mix, like ah, oh, well, good expected it's completion piece of the puzzle, like you would like exactly like I said, exit velocity, or looking at barrels, or looking at pitch velocity, fastball velocity, or their spin rate. Or you know stuff that, that's objective that's not like graded so, but, like but, but but here but here's but here's the problem with this right so let's say let's take barrels let's say two guys have the same stats basically same BABIP same stats one guy has you know one guy has ten barrels the other guy's got fourteen or something like that I don't know exactly what a, a normal number for barrels would be but are you like the guy who had fourteen barrels that look he's got four more he's got forty percent more barrels he's got to be the better player. Or, no, definitely simplifying an argument like that. It's in all your politics and everything, so simplify your sports. But I no, mean, no, no. I'm man. trying to understand why, what, like, how are you using barrels? Like, or could it be like, wow, they had the same stats, even though this guy got fewer barrels. Maybe he's due for a few more barrels. I mean, maybe he got a little bit unlucky in missing the ball by this much, and he would have got a few more barrels if he had just connected a couple more times, which he's liable to do. How stable are barrels year to year for a player? I mean. You, you just add more stuff and it might just be more clutter in your mind rather than clarity. I'm not saying there's definitely no use for these stats. I'm just saying people throw out a bunch of acronyms and I'm not like, Ooh, uh Oh, I don't want to draft against that guy. He knows the acronyms. He knows the stat cast stuff. I'm always very dubious until I see somebody who's crushing it, winning leagues, dominating every year. And then being like, Oh, I wonder what it is he, he's doing. And usually when it's those guys, they're like, yeah, Mostly, I just think for myself. I, I actually just throw away the ADP and the and the stuff other people are saying, and just do my own research. That's usually I actually, what I hear. I, I hate using acronyms and shy away from them because I usually get the the response you just gave, the mocking, or the people get scared because it's something new. So actually, I, I hate. I no, try not to. That's right. That's right. It's not because it's something new. It's it's because it's something that's used. This is a this is not a fantasy football issue. This is a academia-wide issue. People use jargon to create a moat around what they're doing because the average person doesn't understand it. But if they explain it in clear language, like, this guy was extremely accurate. That would be a clear way to explain it. He was the most accurate quarterback last year, given the receivers he had. Or you'd say, this guy was the most accurate quarterback, but he was helped out by Michael Thomas a bit because Michael Thomas caught a lot of passes that other receivers would not have caught. That would be a good way to describe Drew Brees, 
but dropping in an acronym that, that someone has to look up and find the 85 details. Completion percentage above expectation. Is that, is that okay? That's what I, and okay. So completion percentage above expectation. Okay. So what's the expectation? What the, what does that mean? That the average quarterback would have completed? What does it mean? I'm not, I, I don't have those, all the definitions in, fr- in front so of me. How, how do you, you know, know but, every single one of these, but, de- of, of these? Uh, oh, I just, I, I, I just meant to know one of them. Just know one that you're using, like what it really measures. Why do you believe in it? If you don't know the details of what it actually measures, like it, it just seems like, I don't know. I, you're, you're not sell me on this. Make me I, make no, me a believer. I'm not going to sell you on this stat by people that are far smarter than me that I've read. I don't. I so this is just an appeal to authority to explain that. Like that's, that's ridiculous. You want me to I mean, talk to Derek Cardi and see the amount of months he spent looking at stat uh, the bat X and, and if you want to answer of, of, of your for your barrel question. That's how I'd come up with my answer. So it's an appeal to authority that are far far smarter than me. I'm not going to explain. So this is, this even is a, attempt to explain these to you. Are you kidding so me? I would look like a fool. I mean, why would I, I explain? Bi- I, I explain Bitcoin to you, and I don't know shit about Bitcoin compared to people who know ten thousand times more than me the technical stuff. I don't know how to program. I don't know Python. I don't know how to program Bitcoin. Yet I will explain it to you to the extent I know it. I'll know, in what my opinion is the key underlying metrics to it. And if you say, "Well, what about this?" and "What about that?" I will have an answer for you. Or if I don't, I'll think, mm, "Is that important?" or "Is that isn't?" And if it is important, I'll go look it up and find it, and then explain it to you once I found out the answer. I'm not just going to go put my money on it without knowing what the hell it does. Just I'm not going to take it on authority. I'm not going to be like, oh, appeal to authority. Jared Carney's smarter than me. So if he says it's good, it's good. I, if you want to throw around these acronyms, you got to be like, well, here's what it actually measures in plain English. So I can be like, ah, oh. and then I can ask a question like, well, does it measure the quality of receivers? Is that affected so that a quarterback who completes a high percentage of his passes but happens to have great receivers um, will score better on that? Yes, I, I, I got what you're saying. My point is I don't have all that readily in my, in my head right now is what I'm saying. I, I've <laughs> anyway, Josh Herm. There are a couple of these. One of them's Josh Hermsmeyer. Um, another is the Next Gen Stats on on NFL.com. And they, whatever they're doing, they just basically tracking an average depth of a quarterback's throw, uh, and basing it on uh, you know determining if if the quarterback is is less accurate or more accurate than where that that type of throw, the depth of the air yards. Uh, is completed based on all the past throws in the history or whatever. Is, is, it, is it adjusted for pressure that's on the quarterback? So a guy yes. with a clean pocket versus... You know, those are different, but yes, quarterback, and that affects air yards and completion percentage more than anyone you could ever know. Uh, ask Ben Baldwin about that. Is uh, if, When a quarterback is hit, yes. Yeah, Ben Baldwin was the guy that tweeted that Ryan Tannehill. The EPA for EPA, yes. Derrick okay. Henry had nothing. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. You're picking the one thing. These are just, man, I, I hope. Uh. I'm not saying none of these guys know anything. I'm saying you're saying you're putting your faith in these metrics and, and being like, oh, no, I'm, I'm some not, Luddite. I, like all of my faith in it. I, again, it's one tool in the toolbox. I know, but you're saying like, oh, fine. You, you want to be behind and not know the new metrics. I'm like, okay, well, explain to me why these new metrics are valuable like i and i'm just i'm asking the question and if you can't give me a clear and uh persuasive answer i'm gonna be like eh, okay i don't see right. it. okay the, the 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 data that records all this next gen stuff looks at all the passes by the quarterbacks according to depth and air yards okay. and they and they you know compute it based on all the other passes in the same situation okay. i mean oh, so okay. so they, they include pressure like how much pressure is on the qb Yes, yes. They include yes. the quality of the receiver uh, on the other yeah, side of it? That, see, th- th- yes, I believe so. Yes, yes. So they measure that and they sort of subtract out if it's like a shitty receiver. And they the receivers uh, and they have the receivers, uh, you know, speed. That's all on there, too. Okay, okay. 
Well, it sounds interesting if, if they really take into account and, all that And then stuff. they have, you know, difference in, in, in expected yards after the catch, too. Like where that Debo Samuel caught the ball and what, where a normal player would be expected to get yards. That, to me, seems a little subjective, like if an outfielder is going to catch the ball. I mean, I know they're not supposed to be subjective, but I'm not sure how perfect any of this is. But I do like that this is not really being judged by a human. This is not DVOA, which you hate. And I use that, by the way, as part of the toolbox that I absolutely value. But I, I think this is just a little bit more of the stat uh, cast genre more than the Babbitt. And I feel like you're just dismissing it. Like it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not dismissing it. Like it's garbage. I it's garbage until somebody makes the case for it and doesn't just appeal to authority or quote an acronym, but says, here's why this is valuable. Here's how it's helped me. Here's what, you know, here's what it discovered last year. Here are the players it picked last year that people didn't realize were a lot better than right, everyone right. thought. And this is, that would be, that would be, that, that only goes to 2016. Right. So it's that tough. Would, and I've, that would be making a case. Even if something is, quote, objective, it's still got subjective inputs. So the inputs to these thousand, algorithms thousand. are like, well, let's normalize for receiver quality. How are we going to do that? Well, we'll take the guy's 40 speed and his route running time and we'll compare, you know, that shit is all debatable. Totally. You, you, well, could you could start, change it a little. Totally, and, yeah, no, totally. No, and, no, and, no, and there might be a lot of disagreement on what the best way to do that is. Again, I'm not saying all that stuff's nonsense. I'm just saying... It's, it's a high burden given how good, you gotta understand how good the information is already. The stats that we already have, the basic stats, the watching of games, the ADP that people have even though you can't be a slave to that. That information is pretty good. So to improve upon that, it's, it can't just be like somebody threw some numbers in a spreadsheet and it, it's pretty cool. It measures some objective shit. It, it's gotta have like, something. Uh, you might be double counting things that are already there. I mean, it's, you know, it's not necessarily, Anyway, fine. I'm, I hope you go research it. I want you to come back to me at the end of the year. And Here's say, a better, okay, is an, uh, the CPA is accuracy metric that uses modern tracking data to consider air distance, target separation, sideline separation, pass rush separation, passer running speed, and time to throw. And it's a very, very long formula that I can, that I can send you. But right. there. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see how it works. Let's see if it gives you information that's actionable above and beyond all of the previous information. There you go. I'll be I'll, I'll be the, the guinea pig who um, Knock yourself finds, out. It, I, finds you, it crazy if it works that, uh, Drew, that Drew Locke was drafted in this draft and not Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I'll, so, I'll who, so who who? Yeah. So who? Who's the huge outlier? Well, that's another thing that you're probably not going to like, too. That there is a couple of formulas of these, two, like Josh Rosario. But anyway, the next-gen stats ones, the guys who they love is uh, – well, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not any earth-shattering stuff here. I mean, I've, you've heard me talk. Tom Brady was really bad. He's it's, it's, it decreased four years in a row. Josh Allen, I just wrote a column on. I love him, man. He came from fire by his two stoplights. My brother farms there. Uh, I'm rooting for him. He's fun. He throws – he's crazy runner. Um, I think he's like eighth most rushing touchdowns last two years, including running backs. But he's really bad passer, like really, really bad. Gardner Minshew, I hear you all do keep talking about how he wasn't that bad, quote unquote. Well, the advanced stats suggest he's like, like really like ugly bad, like maybe unplayable bad. And David Blow was the worst last year. Yeah. All right. We'll see. I like Minshew. I mean, he's on a terrible team, but he got seven and he can yards. get better too. These things. Well, he had seven yards an attempt and 21 touchdowns, six picks as a rookie, which is like, that's like, yeah, right. that was great as a rookie given the environment that he was in, but maybe he's just, it's not like a can't miss rookie. He didn't put up like superstar numbers, but there, I think he's a prospect, but maybe, Goff, the, maybe Goff a, is a consistently uh, just uh, his, his rookie year though, his numbers were the first year with Fisher, you know, and then terrible. Bay, five and a half. Like yeah. One of the five and half, things yeah. ever though, like on the advanced stat stuff. Um, and then other, just whatever, um, you know, the, my, my Brady feeling and my Mayfield uh, feeling and um, Nick Foles uh, is 
is another one that I'm betting on to be better than, than the market suggests. I think he's going to be a bigger upgrade than most people think than Trubisky. I think, on, I think Mayfield is going to defy those numbers. Well, no, he can be better. I mean, he wasn't like horrible. It was a bad year. Yeah, you are betting on him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, okay. Glad we got that out of the way. Again, I'll be the guy advocating for the shit if it, if it works. But I, I Tannehill know. put up like astronomically good numbers last year. Like, yeah, he, he, he was the best. Yeah, he, he also was. had like really good matchups when he was when he got to Tennessee. All right, so just to go back to it, that was why I didn't take one of those running backs. Tyreek Hill was a consideration. I, Tyreek Hill could be wide receiver one, uh, but he got 137 targets two years ago. Maybe he could get 137, 140. I just feel like he's. I don't know. That that would have been a perfectly good pick there too. I, I I couldn't knock anyone who took him over Godwin. I just think that we talked about this last week that the whole uh the twelve personnel thing with OJ Howard doesn't make any sense. They didn't use him when he was the only guy there. And uh Godwin was what, he was the number two fantasy receiver until he got hurt and I just think that they're gonna use him. And I don't have Evans in the top eight like most people. I have him fourteenth, by the way. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Uh this is where I tell you that uh Godwin wasn't even top 30 in Whopper last year. And you're like, oh, man, uh, weighted opportunity rating where it, where it combines a team's a share of team's targets with the share of the team's air yards. He was not top 30 last year. And adding Gronk and taking what are your thoughts on Winston being a 30 30? Isn't that perfect for fantasy? I mean, it, it, I mean, I wrote up in the Godwin and Edwin's write ups that for the magazine that losing Winston and getting Brady is a downgrade for the receivers. It is. It is a downgrade. But Godwin was the number two receiver easy before he got hurt. The, he, the advanced stats absolutely love him, by the way. Like, he yeah. is a monster oh, yeah. in real life. Well, no mistake. He is the real deal. Holy field. No, no question, man. He's, he's awesome. He's 210 and, uh, pounds and runs a 4-4-2, and he's got above average explosiveness and quickness. And Brady's been playing with <coughs> 33-year-old Julian Edelman. He hasn't had a guy like this. This is going to be like... This is going to be the Edelman. I mean, this is the guy who's going to run the the crisp route, the short route that Brady's going to throw on time. He's going to be where he's supposed to be, and he's going to catch like a hundred, you know, hundred passes. And he had eleven yards of target last year. Now, I did read something that he was matched up in the slot so often last year, where he dominated, and he had like a lot of weak coverage from safeties and nickel corners. And if he's outside, he'll get you know tougher corners. Okay, fine. But I also think they're going to line him up on the slot. I the twelve thing. We went over that last week. It, it seems legit, like Arian said it, but I mean, just OJ Howard versus Chris Godwin is not even a discussion based on what happened last year. I don't think that's like a competition. Like Godwin's going to give you on the field where he needs to be. Howard's going to be worked in as needed. I mean, as you know, as it's possible around Godwin and Evans and Gronk. I don't. I don't really see any you know Howard issues. So. All right, so we disagree. Oh, on the- just real quick, one, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing, Arians, is, I, I just read like before last year, hadn't had a QB one in the last decade, which made me feel better for my Brady hate. And Godwin, I will say, because I just wrote about him as my uh, a guy that I'm fading this year. I looked it up, and he actually got more yards per route run on the outside. So I'll be honest and tell you, oh, he actually, uh, he's he's just fine out there too. Um, but one thing I I, I want to ask you is, we got to do like a Patriots versus Bucks prop here because you keep trashing them on XM how they have the worst roster ever well I, I did say I, I will do one I will do it I think it's a fair bet was it about the same over under um I think the Patriots are, are definitely underdogs a little but I, it's fine I'll I take think it. they're both I'll about nine nine ish but uh 
but I'll, I'll, we'll look it up and just make sure it's fair. If it's fair, I'll do 50 bucks on that. I, I wasn't saying the Patriots are going to be bad. I'm just saying their roster sucks, and we'll see if the Wizard can do it with this roster. And, and I made the point on the show that uh, when we think of the scrubs, these, you know, these names, these no-name guys on the roster, the Damian, Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead and you know, these two rookie tight ends and Matt Lacoste and who knows if Nikhil Harry's good and you know, Muhammad Sanu. It sounds like they're all crap, but all these crap guys that are no-names are professional athletes. So they're all like better athletes than you've ever played with. And so if they're coached properly and in the right system, who knows, right? Like it's, it's not like they, they can't compete with these other guys. It's just like, I don't know. I'm willing to make the bet just, just to test it, just to see what Bill Belichick can do in this. But this is an ugly roster. The secondary is still great, but the rest of this roster is just Jesus. Yeah, I, I'll bet any amount you want on this. I, I, I think they're going to kill that division. Um, I think that they have the same roster that had a home playoff game last year, only up, I mean, their quarterback, played horrific if I, it was a 43 and a half year old I know his name is Tom Brady I get it but there the quarterback position might be actually improved this year based on last um I know you're willing to take a kicker over Damian Harris I saw in round 12 but he's the uh the career rushing yards per uh carry leader at Alabama Damian Harris Sanu has some impressive uh geeky numbers that acronyms you wouldn't like um wasn't Marquise Lee like a former first round pick Harry was a first round pick Dalton Keene. Marcus Lee, Marcus Lee was a second round pick and he's been hurt, but he was super quick and super explosive um, when he was coming out of college. And I actually think Marquis Lee's kind of interesting, but they're both nine and a half. The overrunners were nine and a half okay. for both. Let's just do 50 yeah, bucks. Yeah, no, okay. 50 bucks. Okay, okay, cool. All right. Okay. All right. This is running long. Do you have any other thoughts on your, on your masterpiece draft? Jonathan yeah. Taylor round three. So, um, and even DJ Moore. I like your round three and four better. Almost. Love, love, love that. Love those picks. Yeah, that was very lucky. I couldn't believe it. I was pissed I didn't get Allen Robinson. I was taking him instead of Moore, but oh, Taylor was just a gift. I couldn't believe some of these guys. Raheem Mostert going to the third round. Insane. Yeah, I'm a Mostert guy, man. I I'm, I'm, I'm getting him in the fourth. I'm getting, I never got him in before the fourth. Yeah, so the fifth or, I love Mostert in the sixth. I think he's awesome in the sixth. <laughs> and then uh, Kyler Murray, this is a league where it's a point every 10 rushing, uh, 25 passing. So I put my projections through it, and Murray came out ahead of Dak as my third QB. Uh, obviously a distant third to the top two guys, but uh, happy to take him there. Gallup I like still, even with C.D. Lamb around. I think Ronald Jones is going to start. And uh, I got him in the seventh. I like Mike Williams. Mike Williams is a stud. That guy was seventh overall pick, was hurt his rookie year. Last two years, he's had more than 10 yards of target. And last year, he had eight catches of 40 or more yards, uh, despite like having like 80 targets. And the year before, he had 66 targets and 10 touchdowns. All this guy's done is produce like a top 10 overall receiver. And it was just the Keenan Allen and Eckler were Rivers' favorite targets, so he didn't get the opportunity. Who the hell knows? But what do you think of Mike Williams? I'm going to have shares of him this year. Super down on him. I, I agree that again, for <laughs> opposites. I uh, I agree the player is awesome, but he's sharing looks with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler and Tyrod Taylor, and I'm very down on Justin Herbert. So no, absolutely will not have any shares in my plans. All right, interesting. And then Hawkinson and and Irv Smith are my tight ends. I got a share of Pollard as a backup. Danny Dimes I had to take Tucker. Never go wrong drafting, drafting Tucker after <laughs> round 10. Round. Love yeah. it. And then uh, Steelers D. And then I, I got McKinnon, who – McKinnon's my sleeper, dude. If he, if he can make it back – and for some reason, Kyle Shanahan likes Jarek McKinnon. He paid all that money to him. He's still on the team. He took a pay cut now. To me, the, the problem with Mostert and even Coleman is the backup, why I don't even really like him. I'd rather have Pollard, 
is that it's the system that makes it go for them. It's not the running back. And, you know, even if, if Coleman got hurt and McKinnon can't make it back, you'll have like Jeff Wilson, like, oh shit, Jeff Wilson's good. Mostert was a special teams guy. I know he's super fast, but he wasn't even that. He was like the fourth string guy for years. Matt Breida was a star. Like, oh, Matt Breida, look how good he is. Guy's awesome. I mean, it doesn't really matter, you know, who, who the Shanahan running back is. The system is so good. Kittle's like a sixth offensive lineman. You know, when Debo's healthy, he's a he's a blocker. Like they just, it's just like they added Trent Williams, sir. Yeah, well, they, they, lo- they lost to Joe Staley though, so it was I, sort of- I'm a big. I love Joe Staley. I know, but Trent, Trent Williams is like. I mean, he could be like he's like a generational. Like if he's if he's back healthy and, and motivated. Um, no, I love Staley. You're right. They did they did lose him. Yes. Um, so it's not like a massive upgrade. Um, I'm with you, Jerick McKinnon. I actually the last Rotowire online championship I did, I I took uh connor in the third i i, I think i started with uh drake and edwards hilaire and i took connor in the third one pick away from getting Ed, uh gordon and then most in the fourth and i was debating handcuffing at the end um uh what's the guy on um the, the pittsburgh guy i took him instead uh mcfarland um, benny snell benny snell oh. i took instead of mckinnon and i might be regretting that because mckinnon in a ppr too absolutely yes said sure if most could get her see we just different the funny thing about our Mostert thing is that you don't think he has a high ceiling i actually am really worried about him and, and i think he's gonna get hurt and he's probably you are gonna look right there but i just think his ceiling super high if he does stay healthy in that i mean again dvoa your, your favorite he was by far the best runner last year and tevin coleman was the second to last and and i just think they're gonna score a lot of points too but mckinnon i can't argue with you there they had huge plans for him gave him a ton of money and they'll throw it to him too i mean they're right. gonna they're well he will be the third down back if he's healthy exactly. and we, he may not make it back you missed two years in the nfl how and you're not even like a star i mean the odds of coming back are probably less than 40 or 50 percent but metrics so if you uh, look like a superstar it's crazy it's call it what he did what he ran at the at the combine or whatever or nuts but uh yeah no that's a, that's a fine pick and james washington's interesting too as someone who has deontay johnson in a lot of leagues like he scares me yeah, I don't like Deontay Johnson. I, I he, he's fine. I mean, he had a good season with shitty quarterbacks as rookie, but I mean, Juju's gonna get 140 targets. James Washington was a second round pick, played with Ben, although he didn't play well as a rookie with Ben. They just signed Ebron. I mean, man, I Deontay Johnson went in the fifth round of this draft. Oh, that's yeah, that's aggressive. Um, yeah, good time to say you guys all. Well, you guys all did it on Zoom. Is that correct? Yeah, it was on Zoom. I was. Zoom was weird, man. I I don't have it on my computer because that shit's like basically been shown to be spyware, and so it's on Heather's computer because she's had to use it for a lot of different reasons. So I just use her computer. It's just kind of you're sitting there a long time on video. You know, you're like, okay, right. you know. So everyone's usually just checked out. It was all right. It was it was good seeing those dudes. I, you know, I wasn't psyched to go to Dallas, but I do every time I go to those FSGA things. I like all those guys. There's really like. The guys that I see that I know, it's it's always cool to just catch up with them. And now I've known them for like some of them for like 15, 20 years almost. No, for sure. Yeah, no, it looked uh, yeah, and bro, it's just not getting together. And that's the best part. Those live drafts. Yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah, no, I, I saw the Zoom. I was just, uh, I, I'm sure you loved uh, lo- loved that setup for sure. Yeah. Oh, did you use someone else? You're worried about the spying on you, right? So I used Heather's computer, and I was in. Uh, the house that we rent in this like shed. But the problem with that was the shed is where the dog sleeps and it just smelled, you know, that dog smell. It was like smelling this like dog BO. And, right. uh, right. it wasn't, it wasn't ideal, but it, you know, it was We're it, shopping for puppy shopping for possible dogs to get a, uh, for the kid. Um, you dog guy, you're not a dog guy, dude. I, I've never owned a dog in my life, but I love dogs. I love animals. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big animal lover. 
plants and animals. And Sasha has been, she was put on the full court press hard for a dog for a while. She's an only child also. So she feels like she deserves one because she doesn't have a sibling. We, we like, you know, cheated her out of that. So now she needs a dog, but we were traveling so much, you know, so it was like, it's just a bad, and we have an apartment here, you know, with no real outdoor space, just a tiny balcony. But, uh, if we get, if we ever buy like a country house here, which we're hopefully one day going to do, um, and just maybe even move into that. If times get tough, we just ditch the Lisbon place and live in the country. Then, then it's a no brainer to get a dog. If I lived in a place with a big yard, I, I would definitely get a dog. Yeah. That's what we're, uh, doing some research now. Um, all right, let's better wrap this up. It's an all-time record. You know, I'm actually long. on vacation next, next week, so this works out well. I have a couple. Oh, I'm on vacation the following week, actually. Oh, man. That's <laughs> Sorry, good, we can skip it. Um, did you have anything? I have a couple wrecks. Did you, you're, you're done before we get to those, yes? Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Did you ever watch uh, Midnight Gospel? Did you see any of those? I have started a couple. Yes, that was not for the kids. You're right. No. So I'm going to have to catch that on my own. Yeah. Uh, but I said that the Pinsky one was first. Very trippy. I'm going to, yeah, yes, it yeah. was interesting. I, very, yeah. No, I'm, I'm intrigued with that for sure. I, I, I have that currently on episode three, I think. Um, what, well, I actually have some other current stuff, but because I mentioned Kubrick earlier, I, I, I just wanted to say that I've, uh, it's very embarrassing, but it took me forever. It's been a couple months now, but it took me my whole life to watch Full Metal Jacket. I'm sorry, sorry. The Space Odyssey. Right. Um, what an awesome movie, man. And I just want to say is uh, Kubrick, like, obviously can't be called underrated, but that dude has an argument, has a, the best war movie ever, Full Metal Jacket, best horror movie ever, The Shining, best sci-fi movie ever, that one. And you love Strange Love, top 10 comedy, and like Clockwork Orange could be called like a top 10 crime or something, and like whatever. Eyes Wide Shut, you realize there's like a lot of Epstein stuff there if you look into the Illuminati. No, now, no, right. When I watched it, I was like, what's this shit? Like, this is kind of intriguing. Now it's like, he probably knew some shit that was going on. Right, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone, whatever. Lolita is for a romance. I'm not telling anyone any new about Kubrick, but just wanted to give him some, some love there. And well, uh, well there's also The Paths of Glory, was also a good movie. So he has two war movies. It's right, not just right, Full Metal yeah. Jacket. I, 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 didn't, I have not watched that one, but I know that that was reviewed very, very well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay, a couple things. No, I have a couple things. Uh, the new Bob Dylan Allen, he's 80 years old. Um, Pitchfork gave it like a 9.0, so I'm like, I got to check it out. I actually liked it. His voice is very raw and rough at times, but um, I've never even been a Dylan guy. Um, but I, I was into that. And then finally, this show, because we're going to be a while, I know that you you love all the random shows. Uh, by the way, I looked at it, and like Hulu is like $5.99 a month. And what were we paying for, like, magazine subscriptions back in the day? I know it's annoying how many there are, but my rec for this week is called Dave. It was actually originally on FXX, and now it's on Hulu. And most of these recommendations, 99% of them, I don't even want you to watch because uh, they're, they're more lower brow, and I don't want to hear it from you. But I'm actually really close to recommending this one to you. It's about this white Jewish uh, rapper who was born with a deformity, and he's, like, maybe the best rapper. I don't want to give away too much, but but check out Dave if you're looking for a, for a show uh, in the future list. And, and that's all I got. All right, man. I'll keep it in mind. All right, dude, that is our record for uh... – Longest podcast ever. It's nothing, you know, like Joe Rogan has like three hour podcasts. Five so, hours sometimes. Yeah, so exactly. So that's nothing. But uh, yeah. all right, man. Good talking. All right. You too, Liz. Later, man. Later.